tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party. Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to amazon.com slash ad-free comedy to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy thousands of ACAST shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads. Hey guys, this is Point of View, a podcast where a creator tells me all about their story to create their own chosen work of art. And let's get into it. Thomas J. Campbell is a comic book creator and writer. For the last couple of years, he's been creating and releasing his own self-released comic book series entitled Abyssal Albion. The blog, Three Million Years, called Abyssal Albion a real page-turner with excellent scenes, art, lettering and storytelling. With two issues created and the third about to be released, I caught up with Thomas and he broke down for me where it all started for this Cthulhu-inspired survival horror comic and where he sees this project going. Hi there, I'm Thomas Campbell, the UK-based writer and creator of Abyssal Albion, the Eldritch Survival Horror comic series. So I first got into creating comics, uh, it was at the start of the first lockdown when the pandemic first hit. Um, prior to that, I'd been writing uh, short films and features uh, with some friends as part of the uh, filmmaking collective Deadbolt Films. Um, sadly, when the pandemic hit, we we can we couldn't meet up meet up anymore. We uh, yeah, so it kind of left a bit of a creative black hole. Uh, so not really knowing what to do with myself, I actually turned uh, had the idea of return to one of my first passions, um, which was comic books. I'd always been like I was one of those massively into you know, early 90s X-Men when I was younger and like the Dark Horse Alien series. And then as as I was it, as I got older, I then moved into more like a lot of the fantagraphic stuff. Um, and then eventually I kind of circled back around to X-Men, actually. I think it was when Grant Morrison uh, released their, uh, their X-Men series that I first got back into more superhero side of comics and more mainstream comics again so that's always been a like a big part of my life so yeah so when the uh, pandemic finally hit it was a case of you know what i am going to take this idea that i've had it's been like stewing in the back of my brain for quite a while and i'm gonna run with it so yeah abyssal albion is about a sister and her younger brother as they try and traverse a post-apocalyptic Britain, one that's now swarmed with crazy cultists, mind-shattering monsters, and books of forbidden knowledge. I like to think of it as a cross between The Call of Cthulhu and The Row by Cormac McCarthy. Um, it has a very, very bleak feel to it. Uh, one that's captured absolutely fantastically by uh, Wayne Loudon, our artist, uh, who does it all in this absolutely stark and lovely black and white. So yeah, when I was first looking for an artist to come on board, I knew I always wanted something that had like a like a punk rock DIY energy to it. 
Um, that was like one of the biggest stipulations for me. I wanted something that was grimy and fit in with what you'd expect to find in a post-apocalyptic book. Something that was all quite visceral, um, all, all that stuff, that, that a really nice energy to it uh, that could create like the really horrific moments of violence uh, and just to pose that against some really, actually some nice touching scenes as well. Uh, when Wayne Loudon sent me his stuff, I was just, I was gobsmacked. It was like, this is, this is perfect for what I want to do. Um, this is ideal. I absolutely love it. And he really does have a quite a unique style, I think. Um, there's not many I see with it. Um, he does it all on paper and then inks it all himself. And it's, it's fantastic. So when combined with, uh, Ken Reynolds is lettering, uh, which I mean is if yeah, his stuff is incredible. Um, so combined with that, and then last issue we then brought on Trilby Black uh, as a I I I, I want to say colorist, and I guess she is, but it's all still black and white. But she start she introduced these incredible grey tones that just elevated it even more. It really made it. A, like punchy so for a black and white book it's it's incredible um you know the gray the grays and blacks and everything it just fits it's what you'd expect of a post-apocalyptic book it's what you'd want um and i i'm so lucky to have them as a team on board helping uh realize this really bleak bleak world that that is abyssal albion the Lovecraft influence, you know, his entire back catalogue is probably the biggest influence. Um, you know, uh, I, I hope that we carry on long enough that we'll be able to touch on at least most of it um, in some form. Uh, but yeah, as mentioned before, the the road by Cormac McCarthy is definitely one of the, the other bigger influences uh, in which we try to emulate um, via, you know, not having names for the uh, first main characters the uh, brother and sister in our book um, and within the road you've got man and boy so that's probably the you know bigger influence there though that is due to change in ours then on top of that you know it's a horror book uh, there's a lot of violence a lot of gore I wanted to try and keep it quite pulpy so I'd certainly think that um, you know Series like Hellboy and the, you know, the early Dark Horse Aliens comics as well. They were they were quite gory and quite visceral in the way that they portrayed their violence. But it was all done. There was like a tongue-in-cheek feel to it. Um, and I feel that that probably influences the way that we do that more than anything. It's not it's not hyper realistic, but it's still there's still a sense of you know, just chaotic violence there, which I think amplifies the uh, the horror elements of our book. So yeah, that's, they're definitely our biggest influences for sure. So in the first issue, we're introduced to brother and sister. Uh, brother is, he's the younger of the two. He's still a young lad. He's, you know, he hasn't had much life experience. He's still a bit naive. He's headstrong. He's feels like he's got something to prove whereas on the other hand you've got sister now sister's had a life before the awakening she's she's experienced you know she's experienced love and all that side of things 
um, but which has made her a bit more stoic, uh, riddled with survivor's guilt. You know, she's had this paternal role that's been thrust upon her. And yeah, and this has led her to be a bit more untrusting. Um, and I think this is really shown in the first issue where they meet Nathan, an ex-police officer who offers to take him into his home, often safe harbour. And they're sat down there having a meal and, you know, they Nathan starts to describe his his backstory and then brother starts goes to blurt out everything that's happened to them. Like he reveals that sister's got a girlfriend and all that. And she quickly puts a stop to it. She's like, nope, silence. And then, you know, it then progresses and you learn that she was she was quite right to be, you know, that untrusting it's not a bad thing in this world to not really trust others you know nathan things go very very dark from that point uh and then you know you move on to the second issue and the second issue once again i think the second where the first issue started straight with the horror they're running away from a cultist they're they're trying to flee trying to survive the second issue shows another aspect of the relationship. You learn a little bit more about them. Um, you do see the more of the paternal side of sister trying to try and take place. You know, she's trying to trying to be more supportive. Um, there's a whole scene where they're discussing about their, how what birthdays used to mean and how they no longer have their parents around and all that sort of thing. You learn you learn more of them as uh, as siblings. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a horror story. Uh, we could tell a heartwarming story about a brother and sister surviving, you know, in a world that's changed. But we're going to throw some really nasty stuff at them. Um, I mean, first issue, straight off the bat, we have a cultist screaming, running at them, like shouting, like prayer to its dark god. And then they're rescued by this man that turns out not to be who that he really is and has them locked away in his house and then in the second issue you learn more that you know sister's girlfriend might have been taken off by this cult that now you know cult of fishmen that now live across the coast of the british isles you know setting up churches in old piers there's a really nice uh really nice page that wayne has done where they they enter this kitchen and there's just body parts and like fish carcasses and all sorts hanging on the walls. It's absolutely terrifying. It's really, really gruesome stuff um, and quite, quite nightmarish. Uh, and talking about nightmares, there's we've even like introduced those elements of the dreamlands that got introduced in the first issue. Uh, so we could introduce more creatures on that side of things, and that's going to play a lot more in issue three as well, where we're going to see like more creatures and how they interconnect a bit more as well so you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of disturbing stuff coming up issue three it's it's going to be special i think that's going to be that's our nightmare issue at the moment whereas the other two have just been yeah they're, they're, they're terrifying and scary in their own right and quite quite disturbing i think issue three we're ramping it up uh, a lot more uh, and you're going to learn kind of a bit more than what went down as well prior to issue one and that itself actually ties in quite nicely um in regards to the fictional newsreel we did um you know so i i've already mentioned that i made sort of short films with uh, a group of friends with deadbolt films 
Um, during lockdown, when I first got the idea of I wanted to tell this apocalyptic horror story comic, um, I sort of reached out to them. There was a competition going anyway for a horror short film. And I was like, look, I'm, I want to make like a really good, punchy campaign video that told a story without giving too much away of the actual story itself. Like, I think there was so much going on in the news at the time and it gave me this idea of why don't we do like a series of news reports that are all spliced together that sort of told a bit of a story uh, and sort of would give someone a bit of a backstory to, you know, the awakening event. You know, the, the sun went dark and then everyone started going mad and all that sort of side of things. Um, so, yeah, we I sort of reached out to my film buddies and we sent them script, gave each of them parts. It's quite funny. So got like my producer there. We got like the director there, Gav and John. And uh, we got a couple of the, uh, the the Deadbolt crew, like did some voice acting and puppet work for us. Um, it's, it's, it was a fun thing, actually. It was, we basically gave everyone little parts and we just said, look, could you go away? film this, send it back, and then uh, John edited it all and uh, put in all the graphics and that, and it, it just came out so well. We actually won, we did enter it into a short film and won, like, best editing or something like that. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's it was such a fun little thing to do, certainly because everyone was just sat in their bedrooms and offices, home offices at the time, so it was nice that it was it was quite funny. It was quite, it was a good laugh. Um and I think it really set the scene for what we're going for within the comic as well. Um, you know, it's 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 not too serious, but it's still quite horrifying. So I'm really excited to see what the uh, future holds for these characters, certainly. Um, issue three is going to introduce a whole new dynamic to them where you're going to learn who they are, you know, what their connections to the dreamlands are, what happened to their parents, all this side of things. It's... It's going to be quite a, quite an interesting thing to see how that all goes down. And certainly in future books, as we build upon what we're now laying, really, this really are, we are just laying the groundwork. We haven't really got into the very meat of how this world is. And that's going to be quite exciting. I mean, going forward, I personally would love to see like other collaborators come on board and help us expand more into this world. Um, you know, we've got, we've got that little little short film that was great to have other people get involved but it'd be great to have like other other comic creators come and tell stories and that within it i think it's such a you know such a interesting world to tell stories in i mean god it wouldn't be great to be able to tell like abyssal australia or something like that at some point that'd be amazing um yeah, it's just I'm I'm very excited. And I think there's you know there's some really great great places we can take this book, and certainly with the characters, they are they're they're in for a rough time, but it's going to be fun. So yeah, um, obviously thanks for listening to me ramble. You know, I hopefully found it interesting. Um, hopefully you got take some away. You got a better idea of what the comic is and what we're aiming for. I just want to obviously I'm going to mention a couple of projects so you know you can find me i'm pretty much living on twitter these days and you'll find me under the my own personal account which is party underscore lard or you can find us on abyssal Albion, just all one word on there uh do obviously check that out you can find any of our crowdfunding details through that 
um, you know, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we we pump out pretty pretty consistent updates. You know, we always give a shout out to other campaigns and stuff like that. We you know we love the community as such, so please do follow us. Um, I personally have a, another project that's due to come out very shortly uh, that I'm working with a, a fantastic artist called Martin called and that project's called Grimland we'll be heading to Zoop um, where we'll be launching our funding for that which is going to be like a grim dark futuristic uh, look into the far future humanity um, the first issue is all set up for this universe but we have plans to take it beyond it's it's going to be quite the epic adventure once again think i keep coming back to aliens but think alien meets warhammer it's going to be that sort of that is the thing we're looking at um so yeah please check that out that's also under grimland underscore comic on twitter um we'll be releasing more information about that shortly on top of that you've got deadbolt films you can find us on youtube if you want to see a couple of the other little shorts on that that we've made we've had a couple of Lovecraftian shorts that have been in the HP Lovecraft Film Festival please do check out our YouTube channel and we've also got a website you can just google it and find it um, I think it's something like uh, deboltfilms.co.uk thank you Thank you so much to Thomas J. Campbell for appearing on the show. If you missed it, then check out Abyssal Albion by searching A-B-Y-S-S-A-L Albion, A-L-B-I-O-N on Kickstarter. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, then please leave a five-star review on the My Kind of Weird feed or subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. But for now, guys, I'll be back with the main My Kind of Weird episode next week. And for now, stay weird. Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party? Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to amazon.com slash ad-free comedy to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy thousands of ACAST shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads.